In its quest to provide an open forum for discussion of controversial issues, this station allows hosts and their guests to express themselves without any significant censorship. You are advised that any view expressed by the host or their guest are not necessarily the views of the owners or management of Tokenet Radio, Toki Entertainment, or the Owners Group, Inc. is I'm not the woman I used to be. I'm free with Minister Diane Jones. Ladies, this is the show that's here to give you stories of hope and healing from someone who has been there, someone who has fought back from the horrors of incest. Minister Diane's innocence was stolen from her in the land of alcoholism and mental illness, which led to her being emotionally, physically, and sexually abused by her parents. Yet in spite of the trauma of her early years, she went on to become a successful wife, mother, registered nurse, and minister of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Plus, she's a virtuous woman who can help you find that woman in your life. Don't let the weight of this world or things that happen to you control your life. This is I'm Not the Woman I Used to Be. I'm free on Toginet. And now, here is your host, Minister Diane Jones. Hey, people. It's that time again. Time for what, you might ask. And I say, time to be set free. Tonight, we're going to challenge you to be set free. We're going to challenge you in how to do that. We're going we're gonna to pose a challenge to you, and we're going to ask you to reveal a secret to the Lord and to a trusted person, for example, a minister or possibly a Christian friend. And in some cases, that person might even need to be yourself. Because some people, some of us, go around with secrets and issues that we don't even acknowledge to ourselves are troubling or causing us issues in our life. Do you believe that you can deny something even to yourself? Well, I think that we can. I think the power of the mind and deception is so strong that you can deny things even to yourself. You can deny that certain emotions are bothering you. You can deny that you have addictions. You can deny that there's problems in your relationships or problems in your marriage. We can deny things to ourselves, and therefore, I'm classifying them for the sake of this show into the category of being secrets that we keep, okay? Before I get into my topic tonight and get on one of my, my roles, um, I just want to comment on that guitar. <laughs> the music for the intro, I was just sitting here when that guitar came on, I just started swaying with the music. 
do, 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 do. Of course, I don't sound good like the guitar, but that's my husband. And I just love the way he plays because he plays from his heart. And I feel it. So it helps just get me in the right frame of mind before I go on the air. So yes, people, we're gonna challenge you tonight. Um, my husband is going to be joining me uh, tonight, but let me just kind of lead you into our topic before he joins me and say this to you, secrets promote walls and barriers to intimacy. Do you believe that? Well, I can tell you it's real. It's, it's the truth. Secrets promote walls and they create barriers to intimacy. I am not I am not just talking about like sexual intimacy. I'm talking about relational intimacy. Um, secrets keep you from being transparent, from revealing who you truly are, and therefore they, can, they, they, they aid and assist in building up these walls between your friends, your family, your husbands, your wives. You can't have true intimacy without transparency and vulnerability, okay? So therefore, transparency is vital to promote intimacy. <laughs> Does that make sense? Well, it's true, transparency is vital. I mean, that's absolutely necessary, okay? There's really like no if, ands, or buts. Vital to promoting intimacy in any relationship, not just with a husband and wife, um, not just with, I hope I didn't, I hope you guys can still hear me because my sound just changed. Am I still good, Sabrina? Okay, wonderful. Um, not just with, with a husband and wife, but also between friends, also between uh, relatives. You know, the more I talk with people and deal with people about issues in their um, lives and I see the brokenness in people's lives and, the, you know, when I see dysfunctional families, families um, I can trace it back to different things, of course, but um, the fact that people will not be real with themselves or the other person, you know, is like a neon sign. It's just like blaring, 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 blaring. And it's sad because some of those people, you can also see that they actually want that. They want to be accepted. They're dealing with feelings of rejection. They're dealing with feelings of abandonment, but they don't know how to get over that hump. They don't know how to uh, become vulnerable themselves because that's a scary thought. That's a scary thought. And that can be, can be an actually a scary experience. If you've ever been there, if you've ever been vulnerable and you've told something to someone that you trusted and then they betrayed your trust, then you know that that can be a scary experience also. But in spite of that, it is vital to 
intimacy, closeness, you know, closeness and getting to know any person that you want to be in a relationship with. If you need someone to reveal your secret to, other than the Lord, of course, I can be that person. If you need me to be that person, if you don't have a trusted person, someone that you trust, um, I can suggest a Christian counselor to find a Christian counselor also. Um, but I am willing to be that person. If you'd like someone to be anonymous and someone that you um, think that you can trust, you can write me. You can email me. If you want to email me, it is vir2us1 at verizon.net, vir2us1 at verizon.net. And if you want to write me the old-fashioned way, it is P.O. Box 1616, Clinton, Maryland, 20734. So, do you have secrets? Do you have hidden sexual sins that hinder your relationships? Well, we're going to talk about that taboo subject. Another one of our taboo subjects, seems like that's all we talk about on this show, is what people don't want to talk about. We talk about on this show what people don't want to talk about. <laughs> that's right. We blast it right out of the water. We hit it with both barrels. You know, we jump right into it. Things that people don't want to talk about and sexual sins, sexual issues, sexual addiction, addictions, sexual abuse. They are just some of those things. I'm going to be sharing examples from my own life, an example from my own life, which I do very frequently on this show. And I'm going to be sharing excerpts from a book by Jonathan Dougherty called secrets because I read this book some months ago and um, I actually really wanted to try to get Jonathan on the show but our schedules um, didn't ever permit we ne we were never ever to, never able to hook up so I'm going to read some of the excerpts and use some of the information from his show because I think it's an excellent book and it helped me to really understand some I'm not going to give it away, but some issues that um, plague um, our men even in this area of secrets. So I'm going to be joined by my husband and partner in ministry, Minister Chris Jones. Are you there, husband? Hello. Yes, I am. Well, how are you, sir? Oh, just wonderful. Wonderful. Glad to be here. Good to have you back. Good to be back. <laughs> you know, it takes me a minute to lead into the topic for our show. So mm -hmm. um, you kind of got an idea of where we're going tonight, right? Are you ready? Ready as I'll ever be. You ready to go there with me, huh? Yes, ma'am. Okay. All right. Well, I think what I'm going to do, uh, we've got one minute before break, so... Well, maybe I won't get into, um, I was going to read some of uh, 
some of page 24 on Jonathan's book, but by the time I start reading it, it's going to be break time. So um, you want to tell us anything about your, your week or um, what's been going on with you before we <laughs> run out of time here? <laughs> um, just been working and enjoying the four-day weekend mm -hmm. and um, trying to relax as much as possible because it's back to work tomorrow. Um, so just uh, really preparing for the, for work, and the last thing before we go to bed is the show tonight. So mm -hmm. that's about it. All right. Well, we'll get into it after the break. We'll jump into it. <laughs> Has a tragic past shattered your future or your now? Don't let it. This is I'm Not the Woman I Used to Be. I'm Free with Minister Diane Jones. And we'll be right back after these. We'd like to thank our sponsor, Liberty Christian Center, located in Box Elder, South Dakota. They are a non-denominational, Bible-based, Holy Spirit-led deliverance ministry. Pastor Charles and Romika White, Liberty Christian Center. The Way of the Toddler with hosts Lita and Lori Hamilton is a show unlike any other parenting program you've ever heard. Zen Masters in Diapers? Yes. Join us Tuesday afternoons at 5, 4 Central here on Toginet as we celebrate parenthood as a spiritual path for a journey to inner peace. With thought-provoking and spiritually compelling guests, each week Lita and Lori will explore how our children help us with the lessons we came here to learn, adding deeper meaning to our lives and relationships while giving you valuable gems to add to your unique parenting toolkit. Check out the website, thewayofthetoddler.com. With great humor and honesty, Lita and Lori will demonstrate how inner peace is possible even when surrounded by poopy diapers and piles of laundry and what we can learn from the innate wisdom and natural spirituality of our Zen masters in diapers. It's The Way of the Toddler with Lita and Lori Hamilton, Tuesday afternoons at 5, 4 Central, here on toginet.com. Thank God I am free. Welcome back to I'm Not the Woman I Used to Be. I'm free on Toginet.com, the show dedicated to helping women find their way back to themselves after innocence was stolen by incest and abuse. Helping you heal. It's what we're all about. It's I'm Not the Woman I Used to Be. I'm free on Toginet. And now, back to your host, Minister Diane Jones. Okay, this is Minister Diane, and I am joined by my husband and partner in ministry, Minister Chris, and we are about to get into some material from Jonathan Dougherty's book on page 24. Let me read to you. Pornography, that is what my friend pulled from the tree stump and so gleefully presented to me. Um, pretty cool, huh? My friend beamed. I thought my heart stopped when he cracked open those pages. 
The image printed on that first page I saw was immediately seared into my brain. It is still locked away in the dark recesses of my mind and could probably be recalled if I choose to pull it up again. I had never seen anything like it and it caused some very strange reactions in me. Immediately upon seeing the porn, I felt the urge to look over my shoulder as if I knew I was getting away with something. Guilt seemed to spring to life in me and pushed me toward a run for the heels response. But I didn't run. I stared. I wanted to look. Even as the guilt pounded at my mind, I felt a rush course through my body that felt amazing, exciting, and arousing, even though I didn't know what that meant at the time. What my body was feeling quickly overpowered any sense of guilt I had, and I craved to see more. Now, what he says right before that is that, and it was this change that caused the moment with my friend in that field as a 12-year-old kid to leave such an indelible mark on my life. Then he talks about this moment where his friend introduced him to pornography. And I have to say, um, of course, Chris, I'm going to um, ask for your perspective on this from a male perspective and whatever insights you'd like to give. But I have to say that um, when I read this book, it was the best and the most thorough insight I ever gained as a woman into the issue of pornography and how it can affect a child. Um, he was 12. And I was so, I was, I was upset because I looked at the pattern and how it is that Satan, through circumstances like this one, um, dumped this thing in this child's lap. He dumped this situation in this child's lap. He took advantage of a child, which is where abuse often occurs um, at vulnerable stages and ages. He, he took advantage of a child and he dumped this bomb, if you will, in this child's lap. And the emotions and the physical and and how do I say, the, 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 the sensations that begin to react in his body and his mind were things that he wasn't even capable of comprehending. And yet it, it was the beginning of secrets in his life, him keeping secrets, and it led to a sexual addiction that almost destroyed his life. So I'm, I'm going to pause, though, here and, and, and make room for your um, comments on this, Chris. Well, um, first of all, we have to look at how the enemy used his so-called friend. Um, it wasn't new to the friend. The friend had, had attained it and hid it in that secret place. And so 
that was a plant. And quite obviously, the boy um, has a call on his life, which we all are, are called to, to serve the Lord. So the enemy is, is, is going to do whatever, he's going to use whatever means necessary to get us off of our um, predestined path which is to be a man and woman of God. So, so it was a strategic, strategic move by the enemy to use, to use that boy. We don't know the, the background of the boy's parents or anything. It's just, he says it's his friend, you mm -hmm. know? But look at how the friend led him up there and, and was eager to show him. And it, it totally caught him off guard. It didn't, it was one of those things. It's like don't don't warn him in advance because he may say no. Let's catch him off guard and see and see what happens. And 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 sexual sin is so major in 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 God's eyes. I mean, if we look in the Bible, it's it's major. It's one of the things that have taken so many great men down. Mm -hmm. Sexual sexual sin. So the enemy does not play fair. No, he he wants to, he wants to destroy you as early, as early as possible, and this is what happened. I mean, I was I had something revealed to me at a young age, ten, nine, ten, and mm -hmm. I know exactly what he's writing about because everything changed. It, it, it was things that I was not meant to see, mm. and, and when I saw it, it changed everything. It, it's it's life-changing experience for a kid that age, mm -hmm. you know. And so, mm -hmm. um, and I know today that that was a, a, a distinct plot by the enemy to ruin my life. Mm -hmm. Well, the thing that, that gripped me when I read it, too, is um, for some reason before that, I didn't really have the understanding about how some men, you know, I, I always thought of men dealing with pornography, you know, men, adult men dealing with pornography. But I never really thought about how some boys are subject to this at young ages as boys and how they're victims of it and it gets introduced into their life, and then they grow up to be men who struggle and suffer with this and have a totally distorted view about women and relationships. But a lot of them, it was introduced to them as a, as a boy. And then you take a 50-year-old man who, if it was introduced to him at, say, nine years old, that's 41 years if, if, if it has grown and grown and grown in his life, that's 41 years he's been, he would have been involved in it. Mm -hmm. You know, mm -hmm. because once it happens, something has to break the pattern. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, it's a, your, your eyes are like a camera. Right. And your mind is like the film. And, and it's amazing what our mind can recall. Mm hmm You know, your mind can, if you, if you want to recall it bad enough, your mind can recall it. So there, there has to be something to break that pattern 
to turn you away from that, you know? Mm -hmm. Well, he, I'm, I'm not going to go there uh, too, in too much detail, but as you read the book, you begin to, well, let me describe how he felt. Okay, and see if this helps some, some readers or listeners to let me describe some of the things that he was struggling with in that moment. And he says that um, he tried to play it cool. He tried to um, basically act like everything was okay with his friend, you know, in responding to the pictures. He says, but what I really wanted to do was shout, holy cow, exclamation. He said, this is the wildest feeling I have ever had. My head is spinning and I'm teetering on the line between vomiting and ecstasy. Interesting combination, vomiting and ecstasy. He was both repulsed, but yet stirred up. In well, ways that he wasn't prepared for. That's the boy side and the, and the adolescent um, growth into man side. The vomiting was the boy side. Mm -hmm. when, it's, when it's yucky to think about kissing a girl. Mm -hmm. but, then, but then the ecstasy side was, was the, um, the side of puberty and growing into becoming a man. And areas being awakened in him that he had no experience with before. Or control over once he saw it. Then he says, but this is amazing. And he says, how can I reproduce this rush tomorrow and the next day? Boom. Boom. There it is. Addiction. That's, yes, that began his addiction. Him wanting to have that rush Again, reproduce, reproduce that feeling. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He goes on to say, um, you know, his friend rolls up the magazine and he and he puts it back in the tree stump and you know puts it away, basically, probably for some other neighborhood kids to find. Um, but then he says, "But I wasn't the same. Something had changed. You just mentioned that how when you when you when you were confronted with the same thing, you were changed. Something had changed. He said, in that moment, innocence had been lost. A door to another place had been opened, and I had walked through it. I possessed something I did not have before, a secret. And it was a big one. I wish it never happened. And the person that gave it to him went on like nothing was ever wrong. Boom. Yeah, just dropped this bombshell in his lap and left him to deal with the, what do they call that after a bomb? Is a, is a shrapnel or um, fallout? Or <laughs> yeah. yeah. <clears throat> no regard for him as a person. No regard for how this was going to affect him. This is abuse. This is abuse. Be back after the break. Has a tragic past shattered your future or your now? Don't let it. 
This is I'm Not the Woman I Used to Be. I'm Free with Minister Diane Jones. And we'll be right back after these. Get ready to laugh along with This Little Parent Stayed Home with Ali Lopreet. Friday evenings at 6, 5 central on toginet.com. This is a truly realistic, no-nonsense, tell-it-like-it-is method that will have you laughing and crying, surviving while struggling, and hammering away at the hardships as you travel through the greatest journey of your life. Get empowered by joining thousands of other parents who have also decided to take a leap of faith into a double career with longer hours and half the pay simply because of the love they have for their children. Together, we are rebuilding a new economy that will support us rather than enslave us. Never again will we have to choose between raising our children and earning to provide for them. It won't be easy, but it will be worth it. For more on Allie and her success, check out her website, OurMilkMoney.com. So come get empowered with This Little Parent Stayed Home with Allie Lopreet. Friday afternoons at 6, 5 Central on Toginet.com. Equipping the Saints Ministries. Our mission is to equip and mature the people God calls to do the things they are called to do with confidence and boldness and to create soldiers for the army of the Lord and to impact our communities. If you are not local, you may participate via conference calls or we can make information available to you via email. Equipping the Saints Ministries is home-based in Maryland. You may write to us at Post Office Box 1616, Clinton, Maryland, 20735, or email us at vir2us1 at verizon.net. Thank God I am Welcome back to I'm Not the Woman I Used to Be. I'm free on Toginet.com. The show dedicated to helping women find their way back to themselves after innocence was stolen by incest and abuse. Helping you heal. It's what we're all about. It's I'm Not the Woman I Used to Be. I'm free on Toginet. And now, back to your host, Minister Diane Jones. Okay, where were we at the break? We were talking about um, the fallout. This person, this even though his friend, I'm assuming was young too. I don't remember me, um, reading his friend's age. Um, I'm assuming the friend was young too, but obviously, some doors had been opened somewhere in that friend's life where he had been exposed to the same kind of trauma, not knowing that it was trauma, but it, it, it opened doors and it changed him. It did the same thing to him that he now was sharing with his new friend. But um, Jonathan goes on here to say on page 27, my secret changed me. It opened a doorway inside me to a place I didn't know I possessed, a place filled with lust, selfishness, and unquenchable cravings. I started to see the world differently. Girls were no longer innocent. Friendly classmates I played with during recess at school, but rather they became like new blank canvases for my own mental exploration. Okay. 
My imagination ran wild about what wonders lay beneath their clothing. And keep in mind, this was dumped in his lap as a 12-year-old boy. The secret, the secret ushered me into a dark inner world that I never knew existed. Isn't that what abuse is all about? Yeah. And isn't that what it does to people? It doesn't it take them into a dark um, inner world that they did not know existed. It strips you of your innocence. It strips you of your essence. A new world of hidden lustful thoughts. What realistically, what 12 year old can adequately process an encounter with pornography? Realistically. Well, nowadays, it's probably more common that somebody at that age, uh, the likelihood is probably gr a lot greater than it was when I was 12. Well, I know it is because of their, um, they have access to so much. They 12 year olds have phones now. Oh, yeah. And they're doing so much um, stuff with their phones, sexting and everything else. I mean, they might not be doing it, but, but like you say, friends, it, a kid can be totally, totally innocent, and a friend will show him something. Send him a picture. And as soon as that happens, they're, they're changed mm -hmm. instantly. It's just like, it's, it's like if you see the name on the phone, with the phone number, and it's somebody that you trust or somebody that you know, you're going to open it. Right. Unless you get a warning from somebody saying that Johnny is sending nasty pictures. If you get something from Johnny, don't open it. Mm -hmm. But then, but then the devil is going to is going to mess with your mind and have you all um, intrigued. And then, or, and then you're going to deal with a battle there. Or, or even intimidated, like afraid to. Um... Uh, stand up to Johnny, afraid, you know, that if Johnny asks you, hey, did you get the text that I sent you or whatever, afraid to say, yeah, I got it. And uh, I didn't open that crap because I, I heard. Had, I, I have <laughs> had to do that. I, I've had to call a person or, or email them because they catch you off guard and you open an email and it's some, some filthy joke or some garbage and you mm -hmm. have to email them back and say, hey, don't, don't send me this kind of stuff. Right. But I didn't. I, I didn't want to see that, but I did because I trusted you. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. You know. Mm -hmm. And but you have to make a stand. And if they talk about me, they talk about me. And see, um, as adults, that 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 is hard for some adults to do. They don't want to be looked at a certain way. Yeah, even adults. Can you imagine what a twelve-year-old was trying to sort out and deal with? And what this did for him is he said this opened the door to not only those confusing feelings, but then it also made him begin to feel concerned about himself because he could not understand why he couldn't handle what had just been put in his lap either. And he started to think that there was something wrong with him. He started to think that, um, you know, maybe he was a freak in some way and he began to hide from himself even. He began to try to hide his own um, uh, well, emotions at, and go ahead. At that period of time in his life, he probably, I'm pretty sure, was innocent up, right. up to that point. 
and when 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 sin comes in it's 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 amazing how the the the, the damage that it does to the framework that's already there mm-hmm. you know even though he was a young kid he might he, he there may that there there usually is a foundation of some kind of framework if you're born in a spiritual home mm-hmm. you know where you you're taught about God you say your prayers at night and you know your your family goes to church and there's something you know right from wrong right and so when you are taught about um, sin and things of that nature you might not know it but only to a certain level. But then when you're faced with something at a at a way higher level that, than you are, mm-hmm. I mean, instantly he felt guilt. He felt like looking over his shoulder as if he had done something wrong. Right. And that's what happened instantly with Adam and Eve when they sinned. Hmm. It was mm-hmm. introduced and they knew instantly that they were wrong. Mm-hmm. So, um, but the enemy knows that. Mm-hmm. He wants to get you dirty. So then so so he can become the accuser. And and, and what people, against you. Right. And what people tend to want to continue to do is to continue to hide those issues. Because of that guilt, you know, like like Adam and Eve, the first thing that they did was begin they tried to cover themselves, right? Exactly. Before that, before that, they didn't wear clothing. They had no need for clothing because nakedness wasn't um, an issue. An issue. But after they sinned, and after they, their sin was was re- dis- discovered, so to speak, their first inclination was to hide, was to cover up, and that's what people tend to want to do. That's what we as human beings tend to want to do: is hide and blame somebody else. Keep talking. Okay, good. I was hearing a funny sound in my headphones. <laughs> well, let me see. Um, he says, hiding comes naturally to us all, doesn't it? When we're encountering something we feel incapable of handling, our initial response is to hide, to run, to retreat. Right? Um, he says, but hiding my encounter with porn did not close the door on my new sexual feelings. And that's the thing that I want to point out to people tonight is that just because you deny it to yourself or try to hide it or try to keep it from other people, it does not help you deal with what's truly going on inside of you. It does not help you deal with it. It does not help you get free from it. It will continue to fester. It will continue to grow and it will consume and take control of you if you don't learn to reveal those secrets. It's important to say to you that all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. In this case, it wasn't his fault, but how he handled it, um, made him continue to be a victim of it. And then he did victimize others. He later began to victimize others. So he contributed to the sin later willfully, willfully. It was initially. And the enemy, the enemy, he knew it was wrong, but the Mm -hmm. enemy convinced him that, that man, look at how you feel. There's something about this. This, this, this is that, 
this is that ultimate secret that you can have and and you can have your cake and eat it too you know this is something wow you know he said he, he it, it was a feeling he had never felt right so why go home and tell your parents what happened and mess up this this good feeling you had mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know that's the way mm-hmm. the deceiver is going to do He's not gonna. He's not gonna tell you to go and tell your parents. He's gonna tell you not to tell your parents. Mm-hmm. You know, but mm-hmm. one important part is parents have to know who their child is spending time with. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Even if if it's an older brother, if it's a cousin, you have to know who your child is spending time with. You got you got to spend time and evaluate and control who they spend time with as much as you can. Mm-hmm. And you and you teach them that way. In a in a situation where it comes down to dad or mom is not there and I have to make a decision, at least they they're faced with the the, the choice of um, if I do this, how would my parents feel? Would they mm-hmm. be proud of me or would they be disappointed? And sometimes that's that's all it takes is is that thought, you know, and and mm-hmm. that's enough to say no, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna do this because I don't want to get caught or it's not even about getting caught. I I wouldn't want to disappoint them, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know, if they found out about it, mm-hmm. you know. Well, but, and 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 also you're saying parents need to be aware of who their child is spending screen. time with. Yes. And then afterwards, in his story, if I remember correctly, afterwards, he was different after this. And and it was noticeably different at home, but his parents didn't push it. Back after the break. Has a tragic past shattered your future or your now? Don't let it. This is I'm Not the Woman I Used to Be. I'm Free with Minister Diane Jones. And we'll be right back after these. The Story of Me is a captivating and inspiring account of a woman able to overcome incest, abuse, and neglect to find a second chance at happiness. It is a story for those who have loved and been rejected, who have dreamt and fallen short, who have survived abuse, molestation, rape, or incest. The story of me is very inspirational for those who may see or find themselves in Diane Jones's story. You may purchase your copy of the story of me online at www.authorhouse.com or any of the major bookstores. If you're ready for a big change in your work, your career, your happiness, your life, it's time for the Million Dollar Mindset with Marla Tabaka. Monday afternoons at 2, 1 central on Toginet.com. 
Marla believes that with the right mindset, anything is possible. Join us as successful life coach Marla Tabaka inspires you and her clients to explore, discover, and live your dreams by developing what she calls the million-dollar mindset. Marla will inspire you to take action on your dreams and reveal secrets to success that will help you realize your own unique power. Tune into the million-dollar mindset for heartwarming stories with Marla Tabaka. Learn tips and tricks to building a successful business and unlock the secrets to creating a happier, more balanced life through abundant thinking and attraction power. For more information on the Million Dollar Mindset, go to our website, MarlaTabaka.com. That's M-A-R-L-A-T-A-B-A-K-A.com. It's the Million Dollar Mindset with Marla Tabaka. Monday afternoons at 2, 1 p.m. Central on Toginet.com. Thank God I am Welcome back to I'm Not the Woman I Used to Be. I'm free on Toginet.com, the show dedicated to helping women find their way back to themselves after innocence was stolen by incest and abuse. Helping you heal. It's what we're all about. It's I'm Not the Woman I Used to Be. I'm free on Toginet. And now, back to your host, Minister Diane Jones. Okay, as I was um, saying before we led into the break, um, parents also, well, actually Chris was saying that parents need to be aware of who their kids are spending time with. And I was going to tag, tag, tag team him and, and add along to that, that after being aware, then they also need to be aware when there's a change in their child. Because... Um, his parents, according to him, on page 31 here, he says, they began to ask him, Jonathan, you look distracted and distant. Are you okay? Do you want to talk about it? Um, and he would say, no, I'm fine. I'm just tired. We had a tough basketball practice today. And they would say, okay. And just said, okay. You know what I'm saying? They, he, long story shortened, he ended up going 13 years. He went into his marriage thinking that his addiction, because that's what happened, he became addicted to pornography, and he went into his marriage thinking that his marriage would cure his addiction. He kept those secrets, though. He never told his wife that he even had this problem. He never told his family. He never, um, he didn't trust, he, he pretended he pretended to live the life of a Christian on the surface and, and, and didn't trust sharing his problem with anybody in the church because, you know, we know how a lot of churches environments can be. And that is they talk about grace, but they don't demonstrate grace. And you're afraid to reveal that you're struggling with anything. And um, that's why we do this show, because we want people to understand that if you are struggling with things, the Lord knows about it anyway. He already knows about it anyway. And it's better to be transparent. And you can be transparent with us if you are seeking help and you want to overcome some of these things. Transparency is going to be mandatory. You're going to have to come clean. So anyway, his parents didn't push the issues, though. And so many p parents don't push the issues. They accept whatever their kid tells them and just feel like they don't want to invade their space or invade their privacy, and they don't push it. Because they and have I so said, many rights now. <laughs> well, yeah. 
<laughs> yeah. They have they, they, they give they really really in not pushing it, they put so much responsibility on the child for for raising themselves, basically. The, it's the child. It's up to the child to work all. Look, look what he tried to work out and what he what he had to deal with, what he ended up dealing with for the next 13 years. And before it was all over with, it almost destroyed everything because it led into not only pornography, but it led into physical relationships, sexual relationships with with uh, with uh, chats going on chat lines that led into prostitution and actual physical relationships with women during his marriage during his marriage and it led he had he did not have the ability to be intimate and honest and open with his wife he wasn't able to and it almost destroyed his whole life you've got to get the book people i would i highly recommend this book for anyone dealing with an addiction a sexual addiction, if you're harboring secrets of, of any kind, I think that this can still minister to you because how God delivers him really just, oh, it just broke me down. I just, I just began to thank God and, and rejoice with him. And I cried with him and I just said, oh Lord, I just, I could relate. I could relate so much to him because, you know, I've shared different things in my own life about some of my own experiences, some of my own abuse, some of the trauma from the abuse, how it led me into an, um, a bad marriage. Um, it led me into a rebound relationship before, uh, before I was divorced from my first husband and before I met my current husband, Chris, um, trying to deal with and trying to recover from the abuses that happened in my life, I ended up in a rebound relationship that was not a real relationship at all it ended up being more of an addiction so I could relate to Jonathan from a completely different perspective but I could relate um, sex can be addicting and if, if a person is already vulnerable now, in my case, I was an adult by then, but I was still vulnerable because I had already been abused as a youngster, and I was still carrying a lot of that trauma and had not been healed of my trauma, had not overcome those. So I was, and then I was on the, on the you know, I'm going through a, a divorce. So my goodness, I was definitely vulnerable. And... I, be, I got into a situation where I became addicted to this person and, and, and sex with this person. I believe that this is also a spiritual issue. We, we're talking about how Satan takes advantage of people and he sets up and orchestrates these situations. So as ministers, of course, we're going we're gonna to talk about it to you from a spiritual issue. I quote from my book, Overcoming Sexual Abuse. I tried every way I knew how to get him, this person, out of my system. I still wanted him. Even after I realized that he didn't care about me, after I realized, even after he told me that this was a physical thing, for him, it didn't mean anything more than that to him. Um, 
those words were harsh and cruel, and the way he just dumped me um, was with another person without batting an eye. Dumped me, said, hey, you know, I'm fine with it, but you can't handle it. Because I started wanting more, of course. I wanted more than just the physical thing. That was kind of one of the differences in my... Um, Jonathan wasn't seeking intimacy. I still was. But I, nevertheless, I was still addicted. I didn't care. I didn't care about his cruelness. I just felt like I had to have that feeling again. Because at that time in my life, that feeling was the closest thing to love that I could uh, imagine or grasp. I had gone so long without experiencing love that when I had that feeling, it felt it was something I had never experienced before. And it, to me, it was love. It had to be love, which is twisted and weird. <laughs> Do you hear me, dear? I hear you. <laughs> it was better than it was better than your previous situation. It was better than being alone. It was it was it was something, and that's what the devil offers. He'll give you something. He's not gonna mm -hmm. give you wholeness. Like I mentioned um, offline, it's like cotton candy. You know, cotton candy may taste good, but it can't do anything for you. It can't fill you up. You can't live off of it, mm -hmm. and and it can only get to your mouth, and you can taste it, and then it disappears. Then it disappears. And then and then, put yourself in a situation where that's all you have, and you have to try to live off of it. Can you can it sustain you? No. No. It's it's it's, it's of no other use except to look good on the stick, and if you try to eat it, it's it's, it's ultimately going to be poison. Mm -hmm. Because all of the sugar gonna rot your teeth, and all the sugar in your system ultimately it'll kill you. But it right. looks good, right? And you start chasing that sensation, and then all you get is the is the sensation that just passed. You know, when you eat the cotton candy, it only gets to your mouth, and that's it. Mm -hmm. And so that's what that's what the sex does. Outside mm -hmm. of God's will, it's a fix. And it's a temporary fix, but look at how it leaves you mm -hmm. afterwards. Mm -hmm. It leaves you empty. You, you, you're, you're so full of that sinful feeling, and people don't want to admit it. Mm -hmm. But I've been there. You don't want to admit it, but you, you, you feel like your spirit, man, feels like you're the, you're, you're the lowest thing walking on the earth. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then you, you shake it off, you take a shower, and going about your business, and then after a few days, you know, of feeling, you know, what if you feel bad about yourself or whatever, here comes the enemy again, you know, with mm -hmm. the same old lies that beat you last time, mm -hmm. and and he'll twist it up, he'll turn it and twist it, and try to find a way to get you again. Yeah, yeah, because the and that's where that's where we're describing the addiction is that you'll feel the guilt. You'll feel bad about it. You'll know that it wasn't good for you in the in the whole sense of the word, but you'll still seek out that sensation again. It's like you. And it's you the same become, old cotton candy again. Yeah, yeah. In a different wrapper. And 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 that that cycle 
you know, if, if, if it's not broken, is what takes you down a, a downward spiral, a downward path. Um, I eventually had to examine myself because, you know, seeing him with this other woman, um, I, I, I eventually had to come to grips with how I was feeling about the whole, how it was making me feel in spite of the physical feeling, in spite of the sensations that I felt when we were together, when I was left with that emptiness and that trauma of how I was being treated now, it forced me to examine myself. And I had to learn why was I attracted to this man? What attracted me to this? What was behind this craving for this sensation? What made me feel like I needed this person. And I, and I had to examine those feelings. Why had I attracted this sexual predator to me? Why had I become his target? And why was I willing to keep dealing with that, you know? And, and I came up with, with um, I came up with understanding that it was, was a part of my own abuse. It was, this was because I was vulnerable, is because I had been abused, is because I hadn't been healed of my own sexual abuse. And I had to begin to see it for what it truly was. And I'm so sorry, people. And you had a call on your life and you were vulnerable. <laughs> More next week. We ran out of time. 